Welcome to Get Right for Sunday, a podcast designed to help you prepare for Sunday and beyond. I am Pastor Wright, and each week I have a conversation exploring the Bible readings for this upcoming Sunday. Join us as we discuss how the lessons are applied to our daily life in Christ. Welcome to Get Right for Sunday. I am Pastor Wright, and we get to look at the gospel reading for the seventh Sunday after Pentecost. This is Jesus teaching the disciples about the Lord's Prayer and then explaining the gift of prayer and what we are supposed to do with it. And so we begin with uh, Luke chapter 11. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. And so right here we have the Lord teaching his disciples to pray. And I think it's interesting that one of the disciples, we don't know who, asked Jesus to teach them to pray like John taught his disciples. And this John, of course, is John the Baptist. And it's believed that some of the disciples that followed Jesus were, in fact, John the Baptist's disciples before they were Jesus' disciples. So, you have John teaching them what to pray, how to pray. And of course, this was all about the coming of the Christ, the promise of the fulfillment of the Old Testament. And now the fulfillment is there. There is Jesus. And the disciples asked, teach us to pray. And the first introduction petition, Father, hallowed be your name, hallowed be thy name. This is something that I really appreciate in Luther's small catechism, especially as the introduction to the Lord's Prayer, because it really puts us in relation to God. It puts us in the place where we are to know who and what God is. God is our Father. He is the Father of Jesus, and He is our Father. We are adopted. We are co-heirs with Jesus, brought into his family, and he is the Lord King God over all. And he has told us and revealed to us that he is our Father. And Luther makes this point of saying that the introduction to the Lord's Prayer is God inviting you to see him as father and to treat him as father. And we boldly go in prayer to God, our father, as a child goes to their father to ask them anything they need, want, or whatever. But it is this idea that God invites us with boldness, with security, and promise 
that he will treat us like children. And this doesn't mean that he's going to discipline us or talk down to us or, or treat us as simple little children. No, he will love us. He will protect us. He will provide for us. But more importantly, he will open himself up to us so that, again, with boldness, with confidence, we can approach the throne of God itself and come to him in prayer and ask him and tell him what is on our minds, on our heart, what our needs are, what our sorrows are. And we get to truly give this to God. And when we think about prayer, prayer, first of all, is a command but it is also a gift. We have the command, when you pray, pray like this. And so we are told by God, by Jesus, to pray. We are to talk to God. Now think of this for a moment. Think of a famous actor or a famous author or a famous anybody that you would want to meet. How would you talk to that person? How would you dress for your meeting? How would you treat that person? And I would love to meet one of the, the church fathers or a particular author. And I would want to look good. I would want to make sure I understood their writings. I would want to make sure that I understood them as a person so that when I do talk to them, I'm not just a bumbling fool, starstruck, awestruck. Oh, I'm talking to so-and-so. I would want to be able to articulate my thoughts and talk to them. Now, that's just somebody who I, I would like to meet, uh, let it be famous or, or so on and so forth. You've been invited and commanded to talk and meet with God in prayer. How do you approach this? Do you approach it with reverence or are you flippant about it? Do you take it for granted? And think about this again. The very creator of all things promises to incline his ear to hear your prayer. Out of the billions of people that currently reside on this planet, and I know not all of them pray to God, but let's just say all of them at the very same moment decided to pray, God would still hear you. God would still know you. And right there, this is just humbling to know that God thinks of you, cares enough, and wants you to pray, that he promises to hear your prayer and to answer your prayer. And that's always the interesting thing because we're not guaranteed to get the answer we want. God has pretty much three answers, yes, no, and not now, or maybe, or later, or whatever. And we need to be really comfortable. First of all, God knows everything. And if we do not have the answer to our prayer in the sense that we want the answer, we have to realize it's probably because God knows better than we do. And that is probably why we don't get what we wish for when we pray, for God, pray to God or the things that we think would be best for us or why does God not take away our pain, our hurt, our disease or uh, the, the hurt and disease of our loved ones. 
I, I do not know the mind of God, and I do not know why he answers the way he does. I do know that he is a good, gracious, merciful God, knowing more than I ever will, and knowing, too, that anything and everything that he gives and does to me is truly for my benefit of salvation. And when you put it in that perspective, yes, this situation that you wish God would just take care of or or poof away, we get to go through that. But we never go through that alone. We do truly go through it with God and the promise that he will uphold us with his righteous, righteous right hand. And we need to trust in that and remember that. After Jesus teaches his disciples the Lord's Prayer, he then explains the object of prayer and the gift of prayer. And he does it in an interesting way. He he does it by by making up a, a story, an analogy. And he says, which of you has a friend who will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, Lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, Do not bother me, for the door is now shut, and my children are in bed with me. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is, because he is his friend, Yet because of his imprudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask, and it will be given. To you, seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead... Of a fish, give him a serpent, or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And I think this is kind of interesting because you have Jesus saying that the man who is in bed won't get up and give his friend bread because he's a friend, but will get get up and give him bread because he asked at midnight, because he had the audacity to come before him and ask and make this request. And what Jesus is really saying in this is that we get to be bold and really ask God everything and anything. And we need to be careful with this because I always make the joke that I'm going to ask God for a Corvette. But we all do this. We've all asked God for something, something that actually doesn't benefit our faith, something that's actually not needed for our faith or for our salvation. And I have yet to receive a Corvette. And truth be told, I've never prayed for a Corvette. But out of all the things that I've asked God to take away, my my pain, my distress, my whatever, for whatever reason, it has not been taken away. And this isn't because I didn't say the right words. This isn't because I didn't concentrate hard enough. This wasn't because I don't have enough faith. It's because God knows better. 
And even though whatever hard situation I was in that I was asking for God to take away didn't resolve magically and immediately or divinely, it did get resolved. And with that, God is behind those actions. God is the one who is at work. And we need to remember and we need to see God even through our suffering, even through our pain, knowing that it is He who will take care of us, even if the answer is not what we want. Or better yet, it doesn't happen the way we want it to. Again, I'm pretty sure you're, you're probably like me, and you want instant gratification. Lord God, I pray that I will not only be able to, to pay all my bills, but I will have more money than I need, and I'll be able to do X, Y, and Z, or, or whatever, that I'll, I'll have a windfall of money, and I'm able to pay my bills, but I don't have any extra. What am I to do with this? I, I was pretty specific with my request, with my, my prayer. And again, we need to remember, God knows what we need, and God provides what we need. And just as we heard last week with the event with Martha and Mary, we had Martha who was anxious and troubled about many things, but Mary has chosen the one necessary thing. And our prayers need to also reflect this attitude. Are we praying for the benefit of our salvation? Are we praying for the benefit of, of others' salvation? Are we truly looking out for the building of faith? Are we truly looking for what we have in God? Or are we misusing the gift of prayer and treating God? I heard uh, Vicar Hill once used the term as a divine uh, vending machine. Uh, I always like the idea that uh, we, we look to God as the wish maker in the sky. And too often, and myself included, have fallen prey to this or, or trying to bargain with God that if I do this, then he will do this for my benefit, my, my fleshly benefits or my earthly benefits. And we need to remember that God is so much bigger than that. And the gift of prayer is so much bigger than that. And in all of this, we truly not only with confidence, but even audacity come before God. But we do this in humility. We know that we are approaching God. We know that we are approaching the one who has promised to hear, the one who has promised to forgive and to come to us in mercy. And we need to trust that that is exactly what will happen and that all that he does is truly for our benefit. And this is hard because, again, we want what we want. And it's usually, and it's not necessarily wrong, but it's usually what we think we need. If I had more money, if I had a faster car, nicer car, bigger house, bigger whatever, nicer, newer, whatever. But at the end of the day, what really matters. When we hear the trumpet sound and the dead come back, are we really going to look at all our stuff and say, this is what matters? 
Are we going to stand in awe? It's watching Christ come down with the multitude of witnesses and in utter awe and reverence worship him with true excitement of the ushering in of the new heaven and the new earth, the fullness of our baptism being revealed in the perfection of the resurrection. How much do we have to look forward to, even in this simple gift of prayer, where we get to talk to God in our thoughts and our words? And what great joy we should have as we approach the throne of God. So, dear listener, I encourage you to pray to God and talk to God. And don't worry about what you're saying. If you're truly praying to God, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost in faith, the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you to what needs to be said, what needs to be talked about. And more importantly, listen to God, what God says and what God answers. This is why we read the Bible. This is also why we go to church to hear sermons. This is how God has promised to speak to us in these end times. And so we're not waiting for God to, to give us this marvelous, obvious sign, uh, the, the neon sign in the sky that answers yes to this. No, don't do that. We hear what God has to say as he has revealed it in his word and in his preaching and in the work of the church. We get to look to where God has promised to reveal himself for the answers to our prayers. Dear listener, I greatly appreciate the time in which you take to listen to this podcast. As you have noticed, this is the second episode that I have done all by myself, and I would like to ensure you that I'm working to get other guests to come in to, to have more of a fuller conversation about the text for your benefit. If you know somebody who is local, another brother pastor that you would like to hear, uh, please drop me a line at Get for get right for Sunday at gmail.com or the Get Right for Sunday Facebook page. You can drop a line either way. My hope in the near future is to create a little bit more of a digital footprint. I, I hope to utilize YouTube a little bit more with some videos. Um, I'm thinking about doing some Facebook Live so you can see us doing the actual podcast and other other various things. If you have any topics or questions or, or things that you would like uh, addressed on the podcast, do not hesitate to reach out to me. And as always, uh, please share this. We, I believe we have about a, a hundred listeners, and the, the object of this is to prepare you for Sunday and beyond. This isn't just a simple time to show you what I know. This is a a time where we get to come together around God's Word and talk it out for the edification and, as it is in the name, to get right for Sunday. Uh, my hope is that you are prepared to hear the sermon. You are prepared to dive deep into what God is saying through your pastor, through the readings, through the liturgy. So, again, if there's something that I can help do for you in that goal— please don't hesitate to let me know. Again, thank you and God's peace.
Thank you for listening to Get Right for Sunday. I know that your time is valuable, and of all the things that you could have watched or listened to, you have chosen to deepen your biblical understanding with Get Right for Sunday. Would you take a moment to give a five-star rating of this podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform? This actually helps others to be able to find Get Right for Sunday. Again, thank you for your time, your prayers, and support.